Welcome to The Mary Morgan Show, where I take you behind the scenes to all things brand, advertising, marketing, and sales, and how I've done business a little bit different without a sales team, without a website, without a big social media following, without ads, and without all the things that you're quote unquote supposed to have. I built my business from $100 to my name in 2018 to 80K, 100K, $130,000 cash collected months over and over again. And we're revolutionizing the industry. So if you want to join us, follow along and I'll see you on the flip side. Welcome back to the Mary Morgan show. I've got Emily June Wilcox on and we just wrapped up a phenomenal, phenomenal episode. So, so good. We dived into the six main money wounds. She's got an amazing quiz that you can do to find out what your money wound is. And in this episode, we have a really good conversation around building her two seven figure businesses the whole idea of how these wounds came to be, ditching the belief that it had to be hard, tapping into her feminine energy for more support and ease and joy. This girl is a crystal loving, coffee drinking, money healer, business mentor, all things. And this was a fantastic episode. So without further ado, let's dive into it. All righty. Okay, so we've got a amazing, amazing conversation today for you ladies. I've got the gorgeous Emily June Wilcox. Yes, the June is optional. <laughs> and we're just so excited to, to jump in. Why don't you do a little intro? I'm excited to bring this conversation around uh, wounds that we have that really hold us back from more money, from more wealth, from more connections, from all the things that we desire. So take it away. Yeah. So super brief intro. I am kind of a serial entrepreneur. I built multiple seven figure businesses, um, kind of at the same time that I was having babies. So while I was out on maternity leave with my daughter, my husband and I started an e-commerce clothing company and went back to corporate America, found it to be a much more difficult transition as a mom than I expected. And so I thought, man, maybe before we have our next kiddo, this entrepreneurship thing can really take off and I won't have to go back to corporate. And so fast forward three years, we'd sold over a million dollars in baby clothing on Amazon. I was very pregnant with my second and my husband and I started a second business to augment the first. Cause even, and this is something we can talk about more, but you know, it's like, there's a huge difference between gross revenue and how much is actually flowing into your personal bank account. Right. And especially in a product-based business where you're paying to advertise, you are paying to have the goods produced, you know, 90 days before you even can sell a unit. So even though we were doing really well, a lot of it was getting reinvested. And so to augment, we started an Amazon marketing agency to basically take everything we knew about e-com and offer it to other brands. And between those two businesses together, I was able to go in, you know, full-time as an entrepreneur and stay at home with my son when he was born. And so that was, that was the start of my journey. And then two years ago, I felt really drawn to start coaching and take all of what I learned, which was that all of my inner stuff around worth and money was the the true thing that was causing my upper limits. And every time I wanted to grow and expand my business, I had to do the inner work. And so, um, those, the agency still runs. And now I spend most of my time coaching other women entrepreneurs to heal their money wounds, scale their business to seven figures and just build a life that they truly love. 
Oh my gosh. Amazing. Amazing. So let's start with how, how you even came into the money moon stuff. Like, did you notice as you were building your business, certain things that you started to practice? Was this something that you went into and you started working with guide us through that a little bit? Yeah. So, I mean, I never thought I was going to be a coach. I was always receiving coaching and very happy to be paying for it and just having it positively impact my other businesses. And, um, it was very spirit led and, you know, we could get into that whole story, but I just so clearly knew that I was supposed to be doing this and it felt scary AF. You know, I actually, I felt a ton of imposter syndrome, even though I had multiple seven figure businesses, I did not feel qualified to be coaching on money. Cause I felt like that was the one thing that was still hard for me. Like I hadn't cracked the code. I didn't feel as abundant as I wanted to feel. I felt like other people money was like easier and faster for them. And yet it was so clear that that was what I was supposed to be doing. And so I just like really bravely started talking about it and, you know, sharing the tools that had worked for me and, and also being honest about where I was at in the journey and not feeling like I was in this exalted place where money was perfect. Um, and I, I had loved the Enneagram that had always, I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah. I'd always loved the Enneagram. And so then this idea came through, like, what if there was like an Enneagram for money? And, and then I just like sat with that idea for a while and it didn't do anything. And then one day it was like, I knew what everything was. (laughs) And so I just mapped out the six money wounds and could understand like what the underlying root cause was and everything. And so then I built a quiz and I asked everyone who you know, my mentor, Melanie Antlayer at the time and everybody in, in her mastermind, I'm like, will you guys take this and like, give me feedback and make sure that everything that just feels so right to me, that this is true. And every single one of them was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that, you know, in six questions, I, you were able to like diagnose exactly what my money patterns have been. And so that was the start of it. Oh my gosh, wild. So I'd love to know more about what they are. And so we can share that on the podcast and for those who are listening live, as well as, you know, getting their hands on this quiz. It sounds so exciting. Yeah. So there's the money shame wound, which is like, I'm not worthy of money or, you know, oh, who am I, you know, to be doing this. And so that often shows up in like undercharging for our services. It really blocks a lot of money um, from flowing to us. There's the evil money wound, which is like, I'm going to be bad or greedy if I want too much. Um, But it also can show up as like, I would have to do something like against my moral values in order to get a lot of money, or I'm going to be like ostracized from my community if I have too much money. Um, There's the hard money wound, which is if I want more money, I have to put in more effort. (laughs) Um, There's the money trust wound, which is like, I just don't trust myself with money. This feels scary. I want someone else to make these decisions. I don't know that I could be a good steward of this. Um, There's the safe money wound. Like, I'm not going to feel safe until I hit this certain financial milestone. And then there's the disappearing money wound, which is like, I don't trust money. I feel like money is always abandoning me. And that's all six. Amazing. Amazing. So once someone does this quiz, what's the next step when they're like, okay, I see, and I pinpoint that this is it. 
how does that then process? Like even just hearing this, I'm like, wheels are turning. I'm like, well, which one's mine? Which one's mine? Yeah. And usually people will have like two or three, like you might have one that's really strong. And so um, that was important to me with the quiz too, is that it wasn't just like one label, but it was, it gives you the results of like kind of percentages of each. And I actually feel like the diagnostic process is a huge piece of it because first of all, we're not our wounds, but often we think we are because we're just running on this subconscious program. And so we just think we're broken. Like, I don't know, I just can't figure out money or I just make really bad financial decisions. And we hear, especially as coaches, right? What someone hires us and then they tell us all their stuff and it's like, oh, wow. Like, yeah. And I love that. Like this quiz doesn't just make you understand yourself, but it helps you understand like people who are coming into your world. How yeah. do you engage with them? And I think what's cool too, is like, although it's a money wound, it'll show up in other things. Like there was one that you said that was like, uh, not safe or not enough, which then I feel like can show up with like not enough content, not enough, just not enoughness yes. all over the spectrum. Yeah, absolutely. And it is so true. And you know, like one of my besties is an intimacy coach. And, you know, we talk about this, that it's like, I really believe that the inner work is like, it's like a big house. It's like a mansion. And so it really doesn't matter which door you go in because once you're in, you have access to the whole house. So it's like, whether you hire an intimacy coach or a money coach or a body coach, like if they're good and they're doing the mindset stuff, it's going to heal everything. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really true. It's not just about our money story. I personally love the money angle because I think it's such a good carrot. Like money really is motivating for us to do the inner work that we might otherwise avoid. Um, And I'm really grateful for that. Like, thank you money for being so enticing that I've been willing to go to places that I wouldn't otherwise go. Yeah. I love that. It's the door that opens all the other things. It's the portal of it all. Yeah. Okay. Beauty. So once they nail like, okay, this is a thing that it is, what do you then guide them through next? Yeah. So then, then we talk about really like the deep potent medicine for each wound. And, um, I mean, full disclosure that's inside of a paid program, but with the free quiz, I do share like here's what each wound is. Here's like a healing affirmation. Here are some ways to start inviting yourself into healing. And then I also gift a free two-day money healing masterclass. So I really want this work to be accessible to everyone who's, who's feeling drawn to it. But I, going back to why the diagnostic is so important is, you know, if we're dealing with a mystery illness, like we don't, we don't actually even know how all the symptoms connect And we don't know what it is. We don't know what the triggers are that make it flare up. And so it's like, if you went to a doctor, the first thing they're going to ask you is like, okay, what are your symptoms? How long have you been feeling this way? Like, where does it hurt? If I press here, is it okay? Like, there's a lot that goes into that. And then when you get the diagnosis and they start telling you like, here are all the common symptoms and you're going like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Oh, it's that, it's that, it's that. So I find that that's really helpful because even without starting to go into the medicine piece of it, it's like, now we have this new knowledge or understanding of when am I acting in my sovereignty and when is it my money wound trying to just run the show? Yeah. And 
even just that differentiation is so helpful because I still notice it sometimes where I'm like, Ooh, wow. Okay. Like my money trust wound is like having a moment and I can really feel myself like wanting to be the damsel in distress and wanting someone else to come in and like make this big financial decision for me. And it's like, now I'm not, I don't make myself wrong for that. It's like, I just understand that that is like the wound having a little flare up. And then yes, I do know the medicine to give. And I think often we as like intuitive individuals we sort of know the medicine once we get to the root cause, right? So it's like the money shame wound, like I'm unworthy of money. It's like, well, we know that more money isn't going to fix that. (laughs) That is like the biggest band-aid solution that we tell ourselves is like, I can just make more money and I can just like earn my way out of this problem, But we, you know, there's plenty of, of people with a lot of money who are still really wounded around money, right? So we know that money alone doesn't fix it, but in that instance, yeah, of course it's worthiness stuff. Of course we have to like be doing mirror work and like healing our inner child and really working on, you know, building belief around ourselves and our, our ability to receive, because if not, Like that wound really repels um, because even if some money does sneak in, like someone hires us, when you've got an unhealed money shame wound, it feels like exciting for about five seconds. And then (laughs) then you immediately feel like, oh God, this huge, heavy burden. Like now I have to deliver for this person. And you flip into the wounded masculine of overthinking and overgiving and really creating this codependency where it's like, if my client isn't okay, I'm not okay because they paid me this money and I have to really make sure that there's so much value in it for them. And it's like when receiving money feels bad like that, of course, there's energetic protection in place that makes sure that we don't get like those big payments 10 times a day, or we'd completely fry our nervous system. Oh my gosh. Massive. So what, like, what were the biggest like stories or transformations that you saw with women, like before this work and after? Oh, I love that question. So many things like big and small air quotes, if you're not (laughs) like watching this on video, but, um, you know, like one of my clients, got her dream car, which was like a, a Porsche or Porsche. I think it's how you really say that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it was like stepping into that identity of like being okay, having an exotic vehicle because she'd healed the part of her that was like worried about risking belonging or being seen as like one of those people. Um, but also just like raising prices, um, let having more easy money flow in. Like that's a big one. When we start healing the hard money wound is like all of a sudden there's either we come up with new ways to simplify our business or new offers, or we just become energetically available for more easy money. And it starts dropping in (laughs) and, and, and it comes so much faster um, than we've had it. Let's see what else, what else, what else? Um, you know, with women who have a safe money wound, the healing of that actually often involves 
spending more freely, like taking the vacation and not secretly stressing the whole time about how much money is being spent and just trusting in the circulation and that money actually is meant to flow. And we don't have to be like hoarding it in this account forever and ever. So good. So good. And it's interesting because I feel like as we see these things, like I'm at an income cap or my income is inconsistent or it's really slow, find that often it's like, well, what do we do strategically? How do we put a plan in place? And then you have another cap and then there's another thing that comes up. Can you talk to this a little bit of like where this is stemming from? And obviously it's like these core pieces, but like the depth behind, like, let's take income cap as an example. Like I have a client who came to me and she was like, every time I enroll into this program, I have the same amount of people, the same amount of new sales. Like it's the same damn number, like not even a number higher or lower, like the same number. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I I love when that happens because it's like, it gives us a window into like, okay, the jig is up and same thing. Like one of my besties who was a client for a while and now, you know, she's taking a break from that, but she was like, okay, I started my web design business a year ago. And during the months when my husband was unemployed, I was averaging $5,800 a month. And then literally, as soon as we, our agreement was that I would cover rent, she's like, isn't it fascinating that every single month I make exactly enough to cover our rent, but like no more. And she's like, I'm not quoting projects, like to make sure I cover rent. I'm literally just like whatever business comes in. I'm just intuitively quoting it, but it always works out that I'm just covering rent. Right. And it's like, it's just like your client where it's like, it's uncanny. And therefore, you know, it's not a strategy thing. It's a mindset thing. No. And, and it's so funny. She would like switch up her offer, switch up the things. And she's like, it's still the same damn number. If it's private clients, it's one private client at 10K. If it's this, it's this at 10K or whatever, right? It's right. like the same thing. So yeah. it's like when these things happen, just like you said, it's very uncanny. Like it is here yeah. for a reason. So how do you process through this? Like, what do you guide them through? Yeah. So, I mean, this is where, I mean, I love kind of uh, the philosophy around existential kink, but it's essentially like we're we're always moving toward pleasure and like moving away from pain, right? So our our brains are actually so brilliant. So it's like, okay, well, like, what are, what are you getting out of staying at 10K? And that would be just a really interesting, like open journal prompt, because what might come out is like, oh, you know, I get to feel a certain amount of success, but not get too big for whatever these people that I'm afraid (laughs) will now judge me or, you know, who knows, but there's definitely, she's getting a, she's getting a benefit from that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so even though consciously she's annoyed with it and like, I want to grow beyond it, subconscious always gets what it wants. And the subconscious feels very safe and cozy at 10 K and feels unsafe moving beyond that. I think when we can get to the root of like, why does it feel unsafe? It's often something that like, once we can bring it into the conscious, we can really work with it. And it doesn't take that long to clear. Yeah. I'm curious what your, what your approach is. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I see this also with clients who are at like zero and then like one random sale and then zero again, and then one random sale. 
for me, it's like the, the analogy that I think about is like, it is hard to propel off of ground that's shaky, but it's like, when we're on solid ground, it's like, okay, I've got this. Then it's like, all right, next level versus a lot of times it's like, I want more visibility. I want to be seen by more people. I want more eyeballs on me. Yet someone says a rude comment and then we're like shaking in our boots, freaking out. And it's like, yes, it's the energetic protection. It's all of this, but it's also just us. Like we show up not completely in our power because now we're just like treading water, trying to stay like, stay okay. So this is the other piece where I'm like, I see this with people who are, you know, trying to get more visible and then aren't getting visible or Mm -hmm. clients who have their first sale. And they're like, well, maybe that was a fluke. I'm not getting this in consistently. Or, you know, I had a client who she was hitting like high income months and then a massive income dip. Like that's a completely different piece too, where it's like, it's not an income cap. It's like, I was here now I'm here and I'm, I'm barely able to tread on water. Um, and yeah, I think that's an interesting piece that comes up from like a strategy and like energetic and mindset standpoint. I start to look at like the deep things that are going on that could have happened there, whether it's like I got so comfortable and I was just coasting and like doing my thing. And then I was like, oh, posted a bit too long. And I like let everything else just go. Um, I've seen that happen. I've seen all sorts, but I'd love your perspective on this too. Like being at such a high and then having this dip. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, of course it's like hard to know without all the, all of the details, but I think, you know, usually when I see big income fluctuations, that's often indicative of a disappearing money wound though, not necessarily. Um, but usually like my clients who are so good at like, they'll manifest like 30 grand out of thin air but then they're like, can't cover payroll the next month. Or they're like worried about something like there's like really this money roller coaster. It comes down to this mistrust of money. Like they really don't feel like it can come and grow and stay and that it's trustworthy. And so because of that, it, you know, it's kind of like the boyfriend that you're just afraid that they're going to cheat on you. And so you like mm-hmm. treat them that way and then just like break up with them first so that they can't yes. break your heart. <laughs> yes. So like, this is the wobble energy that I feel, but in a much more eloquent way. <laughs> I'm, just sad. Yeah. I'm like, that's, that's exactly how I picture it is this feeling of like, wait, is it working? Is it not? Should I do that? It's like, should I show up like this? Should I do this? It's like the lack of certainty and the lack of like trust, safety. Like I I'm just solid. I'm good. Which I feel like all of those wounds, if we landed it is like, I'm solid. Like I'm good. Comes and goes. I'm good. Like that sort of solid feel. Yeah. That solid feel is very like root chakra energy. And it all has to do with like safety and groundedness. And so that's, that's foundational. Right. And then we build on that because then there is definitely like identity work. So when we're talking about like worthiness and who am I and the evil money wound, like that's more solar plexus kind of like, who am I in the world? Um, but we can't get there without the safety first. Mm -hmm. And so safety is one of those interesting ones where again, even outside of money work, like in everything, when we start to notice, oh, it's actually safety. 
And for me, even like years into inner work, I had never used that word. And I never would have, if someone had said like, oh, you're feeling unsafe. I would have been like, no, I'm safe. What are you talking about? But like, once you get it, it's like, oh, okay. Yes. It really is safety. And it makes sense. Like when we don't feel safe fundamentally, even though we've got a roof over our heads and food in the refrigerator and like all of these things, it's like everything gets called into question because we really go into that fight, flight, freeze, fawn. Like we are doing some sort of trauma response. We are not in our sovereignty because we feel like our safety is on the line. And that part of our brain just takes over. Huge, huge. You know, what's interesting. I was at a conference a while back and I remember going through this like money activity that was like, what is your, like draw three lines. One is safety. One is comfort. And one is like, oh shit, that is like (laughs) crazy money. Like that would just make no sense. Like I don't get it. That kind of money. And, and then he was like, okay, now put a dot, like actually label, like what would be comfortable, safe? Like I can breathe. Okay. Okay, put that number. What is something that would then be like comfortable? I feel good. Or this is like good money. Okay, put a number. And then what's like a holy crap, crazy amount? Put that number. And it was like, okay, now put a dot on how much money you're making. And it was like every single person was like comfortable, slightly over or not comfortable, safety, slightly over, slightly under, but that bottom bar. So he said something that was so interesting, reflecting a lot of the stuff that you're saying of like, often we just want to cover our expenses and we're just in that like safe mode. So he's like, a lot of people think like increase your comfortable or increase your oh shit line. And he's like, actually increase your like safety line. Mm -hmm. I would love to hear your take on that because I understood it and it landed, but I feel like based on what you're saying, this could even deepen this more for, for the ladies listening in and selfishly for myself as well. Yeah, that is, that's so genius. I love that three line approach. Thank you for bringing that forward. Yeah. So, you know, creating safety, it's, it's actually so much more simple than we think it is. And it's often like taking some intentional breaths, maybe doing a little bit of a grounding exercise, but just like walking ourselves through whatever the scary feeling is and like anchoring back into what's true. So when I'm, when I'm guiding clients around this, like specifically with money, often, often we're creating safety around like looking at the bank account, right? Because that can be one that we avoid because we're afraid of what's there. Um, And, and the problem with avoiding is that eventually you have to transact. And so my clients who avoid their account only go in when they actually have to move around money or like they have to pay a bill. And so then it's like, they're continuing to build this evidence that like money is always leaving them. And it's like, Uh, well, yeah, because the literally the only time you ever log in and look at your money is when you then send it away. So it's like, no wonder you feel that way. And so what would it be like to just log in and look at your account and like, no matter what number is there, because if, if you're on the safe money wound side of things, the number can feel scary low. If you're on the disappearing money wound side of things, a number too high actually causes a lot of anxiety, but it's like, doesn't matter. The number is irrelevant. 
Like we want to get to a place where it's like looking at the number of like our email subscribers. Like that's usually not a super triggering number for us. We just look at it and it's like facts. And I might want to grow my number of email subscribers, but I don't feel like it means something about me as a person. Completely neutral. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, so we want to get to a place with our money where it's like, we can log in, we can look at it. We can like take some deep breaths. If we're feeling really triggered, we can like notice that and we can ground into what is true and like the, the true meaning of safety because most safety is internally sourced. And that's not to say, you know, certainly if you're like in a war-torn country or whatever, you know, there are scenarios where like your environment is not causing safety, but with the audience that we're speaking to generally, we are actually safe. We just don't always feel it. And so it's like creating it from within really rooting down. So just a really basic grounding practice is like closing your eyes and like breathing in through your nose and imagining this like white light that's kind of like coming through your body. And then you just send it down through the root chakra, which is like your tailbone and down. And just imagine it going through your chair, through the floor, through the topsoil, like the grass down into like the clay or the sand and down into like the rock and all the way through the rock and all the way down to the core of mother earth. And I like to imagine that that um, like wrapping around like a gigantic uh, clear quartz crystal. And when you do that, and then you're just sitting there, you know, eyes closed, it's like, you can almost like wiggle your body and you'll feel yourself like glued to the earth. And there's something that feels so good about that. And that's grounding. You can also just go lay in the grass or take off your socks and shoes and go stand on the earth. And like, those are very grounding practices. So I just share that because sometimes we use these words and we think we understand them, but we don't get to the place where we can actually create an embodiment practice around it. And if we did, and we just gave ourselves three minutes, five minutes to do it we would feel so different. Oh man, this is massive. And I love that you gave an example where it wasn't just physical earth. Cause I know in our Toronto climate and for the ladies who live in cold environments, it's like, I don't know if that's totally possible, but yeah, like being in your space, feeling grounded to wherever you are. Oh, so good. So good. So we talked about the different uh, money wounds that may come up and grounding when you're in this place now of like, you've grounded, you're solid. Like what's the next layer here of like, let's exponentially like explode this thing. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, figuring out why, why you want that amount of money and, and then how you think you're going to feel once you have it. The biggest aha moments that I've had, and I just keep coming back to this again and again in in teachings, and so much of it comes from teachers who who have come before like Abraham Hicks and such, but it's like, okay, so let's play with, you know, maybe it's your first $100,000 cash month, right? Like you're really wanting that. Why? And 
come up with whatever comes out first, which often has to do with like material purchases or that kind of thing, which is totally fine. And then it's like, okay, so how do I think I'm going to feel when I have all of that? And then write down feeling words. And if you have trouble accessing this, if you just Google um, wheel of emotions, you'll see this visual that actually like labels all feeling words. And it can be really helpful because sometimes, I don't know if you've ever had this with clients before, where you ask them a, a feeling question and then they respond with like a thinking response. Yes. Or a feeling, but I'm like, is it actually that feeling? Or is that the word that comes up? I love that wheel. So I I use the like chart that goes bottom to top. Oh yeah. Takes as well. And that's super helpful. If you're trying to identify, is it, is it actually this or is it this, or is it this? Right. But it's around almost like your first instinctual, like belief that it is, because I feel as humans, especially if we're, we're not totally in the personal development space, it's like, you know, there's like five emotions like happy, mad, sad, whatever. Totally. When you see this, you're like, oh no, I'm not mad. I'm actually not sad. I'm frustrated. And it's like, ah, okay. Yeah. I completely agree. Like getting to that fine tuned place with, with emotions is really helpful. Um, and, and just like allowing yourself to be truthful also, because you might, you might feel like there's one answer that's more appropriate. And it's like, Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. The truth is that like, I want to feel successful and I want to feel safe. You're like, dang, like that wasn't what I thought I wanted to feel. I thought I was going to feel like generous and abundant and whatever (laughs) turns out. And so then this is like one of my biggest life hacks is once you have that list of feelings and just pick like the top five ask yourself what other things make me feel that way and really go to town on like journaling all of those out. And then can you do more of them now? Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's how this whole thing works. That's as close to a magic wand as there is in my opinion, which is like, so I'll give you, I'll give you a tangible example of mine. Like my top core value is freedom. And so a lot of things related to money for me actually come back to feeling free. And so then when I journal out, like what other things make me feel free, it's like going on a random walk in the middle of the day, um, eating lunch outside when it's sunny, um, not having to wake up to an alarm. Like there are so many things that are actually not tied to money at all. No. And even just hearing you say that, I'm like, ah, that feels so good. Yeah. Yeah. And so then it's like, so then you do them now and where, where we try to poke holes in that and somebody listening might be feeling this way. Like, wait, you're just trying to like, get me to feel that way. So then I won't care about the money. It's like, no, actually the, the magic wand part of this is you start feeling this way now. So you start feeling better. It changes your point of attraction, which draws to you more circumstances that make you feel free or make you feel safe or make you feel successful or whatever it is. And then the money can actually come through more easily as well. So it's not an either, or it's definitely a both. And, but 
what trying to wait until you hit the financial goal in order to feel a certain way. I mean, you've probably been doing that for like 10 plus years. So you can decide if you feel like that's the track that you want to stay on, if that's like getting you amazing results. And if not, try this other way and see if you can start to like really enjoy the journey. And what do you know, money starts coming faster as well. And this is so huge that I feel like so many people, we set our goals. So we feel a certain way, just like you said. And it's like a lot of those things, like I remember a client saying, I want to hit, I don't know, X number of dollars per month to finally feel just like you're saying, like free ease. Like I have my power like back, like I have all my stuff. And it, it was this moment of, so do you not have that now? And she was like, oh, shoot, I do. Like, I have access to everything that you're just saying, taking a walk in the middle of the afternoon. Like, while other mothers are in their office right now, like, I get to see my baby's first steps. Like, that's freedom. I get to make a cup of coffee and just sit on the couch for a few minutes. Like, that's freedom. And it's like, this whole, I'm going to hit this and then finally have, the ladies in this group know my story of, you know, building a million dollar business, burning it to the ground, being like, I have everything that I could have possibly ever imagined. The dream man, the dream thing, like all of it. Why am I so unhappy? Like it, it almost felt like I was seeing the world in shades of gray and it wasn't like landing. Like it didn't feel like anything would do anything to me. And I was like, what is this? Like, am I depressed? Am I like, I don't understand what's happening. And it was really because I tied my value. I tied my worth. I tied my stuff to numbers and this and that. And it's like, okay, well then you hit that. Okay. Next thing, next thing. Okay. Next thing. And it was like, when will it be the time where you're like, I did this to have freedom and I have it and I don't. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I mean, I, I did it with money and I kept thinking like, Oh, I just set the wrong goal. Like, so then I kept moving the goalposts. I did it. Yep. Yeah. And it was like, it wasn't until I had my first hundred thousand dollar cash month that I was like, and it felt really bad and I didn't even want to celebrate it. And it was like, okay, I finally see what's going on here. And now I'm like really ready to actually take the medicine. Yeah. Yeah. This was, yeah, it was the same thing for me too. It was like, first it was just 10 K per month. I would be completely free. This is limitless. Like who even makes six figures? This is crazy. And then you do it and you're like, okay, but this is like nothing like with all my expenses with all, okay. 20 K. Okay. 50 K. Okay. And then you keep doing this thing to, to make you feel safe or whatever the, the wound is. And then it's like that finally feel never actually comes until you decide this is it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, even like once, once we built the business up to a million dollar business, it was like the predominant feeling was like, oh, like this is a little baby business. Mm -hmm. The predominant feeling wasn't like, I am so successful. I'm part of the less than whatever 1% of women who ever build a million dollar business. Yeah. It's how I felt. I know. I recorded a reel on this and I was like, you know, the coveted $1 million. And I was like, you wait for a trophy. You wait for someone to deliver you this like medal. And it's like, you don't even get a damn participation ribbon, like nothing. And then you're there and 
so true. Like you think you're going to feel radically different. Like pixie dust is going to come from the ceiling and it's like, you've made it. And it's like, nothing happens. Like you are the same human. And it's, it's up to us to, to decide, like, what do we want to do? Do we want to feel free? Do we want those things? Cause waiting until never brings the thing. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I've put myself in many a mastermind. I'm sure you have too, with, you know, women that on the low end are making $300,000 a year on the high end are making, you know, two, three million. And the fascinating thing about being in a mastermind is that you get to see what's actually happening with them, not what they're posting on social media. And so it's like, I would say in most instances where someone hit a new financial level, the immediate feeling was like, oh shit, how do I do it again? Or how do I maintain this? Or what if I don't maintain it? Like it's all of these new fears that come up. And then what you see on social media is like them celebrating. Like it's like the bottle of their champagne and being like, oh my gosh, something amazing just happened. I can't wait to tell you. And (laughs) right. And so it gives us this idea that we are going to be just like popping bottles of champagne when we hit these financial milestones. And then we think there's like really something wrong with us when all the fears come up, but it's like, no, that's normal. And again, that's like the part of our brain that is really trying to protect us and keep us safe. And it's true for everyone at every level of income. A hundred percent. And I think what is so important too, is like, we all celebrate in different ways. Like when I first hit a big milestone, I was like, I don't feel like popping bottles. Like, I don't feel like putting celebration balloons up, but that was like the norm. That was like the cool thing to do. And I was like, it again, almost felt shameful. And like, I had feelings of guilt, not celebrating my success. And I remember talking to my mentor about this and she was like, I was in this whole like re rebirth of my business at this moment as well. And she was like, but this space in your business doesn't even make sense for you to do that, for you to pop bottles. Like you're in a different place. Can you ground? Can you anchor? I'm like, oh, that feels good. Like, can I just journal this and just be with this huge milestone that just dropped without screaming it off the rooftops so that that validates me so that I look cool. So this was a huge piece of like, even when we do hit certain numbers, it's like, what are you doing with that? Are you grounding? Are you, and there's obviously nothing wrong with celebrating and like doing all the things like that's beautiful and that's amazing, but it's like, it gets to look however you want it to look, whether it's like grounding and journaling, going out for dinner with the hubs, like doing your own thing. So good. I would love to hear as we wrap this conversation up, how this is just navigated in your motherhood journey. Mm. You know, I'm so grateful for the, the money healing and just all of the inner work, because for me, like so much of it, um, unraveled with healing my inner child and man, I'm like so grateful to the past version of myself that was brave enough to do that because it's been so impactful in my motherhood and I can't even, well, I can't imagine, but you know, the way that I'm able to show up and be present with my kids and like create space for them to be human, for them to make mistakes, um, around money, like just giving them lots of opportunities to transact with it and like have their own experiences and not 
indoctrinate them around like saving a certain percentage or making them wrong if they make a bad purchase. And, you know, and it's like, I also fully believe that my kids will grow up with their stuff. Like they're still going to have their own inner child to reparent because that's just the setup. That's the way it is. Um, but I feel really proud of the mom that I am. And that's, that's like the one piece that I feel like I can own. Um, and you know, I used to work really, really hard building the businesses. I was very much in like the wounded masculine energy of overdoing, overgiving, overthinking. And it was like kind of a martyr energy, but I really thought that like, oh, you sacrifice now. And then the gratification comes later. And kids do such a good job of helping you understand that like, it really is the now it's always the now. And I wouldn't be able to look back on those seasons fondly if the predominant memory was I was working all the time to hopefully build something great for later. <laughs> yeah. No one on their deathbed says, I wish I made more money. It's like, yeah, I wish I spent more time with them or did this. Yeah. I wish I had worked harder No, So, <laughs> so I'm super grateful for my kids because like, they really helped me shift my priorities and, you know, I enjoy life so much more now. And there's so many times even still where they are like literally and figuratively helping me to stop and smell the roses and appreciate the beautiful sunset and just, and be silly, like stop what we're doing and just have a dance party. And I need that. And I'm so grateful for it. Yes. Oh, I love this so much. So those that want to dive deeper into this uh, with you, Emily, like what's the best place for them to reach out for you or deepen this work? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm on pretty much all the social media platforms at M makes money or Emily June Wilcox. And then um, the money quiz is at moneywoundsquiz.com. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on. Any final words as we're rounding up this episode? Yeah. I mean, obviously thanks to everyone for tuning in. And if you're curious about doing some of this money work, or you're wanting this next level of breakthrough around money, a simple exercise you can do is just go talk about money with someone who you normally would never talk to (laughs) about it. And you will notice as soon as you even think about doing that, all the stuff that comes up, all the stories, and that's your next level. Your next level is healing those stories whether or not you actually have the conversation with the other person. Oh my gosh. I love this. So random. Have you ever seen interstellar? Yeah. So this reminds me of like the wormhole. It's called the wormhole. It's like the fear, the guilt, the shame, all of this is actually the portal. It's like the gateway. So as you were saying this, I was like, oh damn, all the triggers, like all the (laughs) triggers are coming up, but it's like, those are the things that are like, that's what we work through to, to hyper speed everything that we desire. But yeah. often what we do is like, this is triggering. I'm leaving this conversation. I'm not talking to this person about this. And we just like close that book when really it's like, what's actually happening? Like, oh, yeah. such a good takeaway. So thank you so much for being on. I absolutely loved this episode. Everything's going to be dropped down below if you're joining us live or in the podcast show notes. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you.